This is episode 10 of the Wash Talk podcast with Angela Houston of IRC and Harold Lockwood of Aqua Consults. Welcome to the Wash Talk podcast series from IRC. My name is Andy Narricott and this is the podcast where we open up the discussion on what the wash sector needs to do to achieve the sustainable development goals. We'll be interviewing people from all over the world, from policymakers and human rights activists, to economists and water service providers, to get us all moving closer to the goals we're striving for. Sustainable Development Goals 6. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get started. Strong national wash systems is what's required to provide sustainable wash services to everyone on the planet by 2030. Not simply building infrastructure and walking away, or supporting businesses to provide services, but working within a web of people, politics, money, policy and hardware, and more, that are continuously changing, but need to work together effectively and efficiently. Today we're talking to two great guests who bring a wealth of knowledge and expertise who have been applying and championing systems-based approaches. So listen on as we dig into the what, why and how, as well as a critical look on systems thinking. But before we dive in, make sure you head over to ircwash.org forward slash washtalk for the summary of this episode in nice, neat bullet points to help you take action from this episode. So without any further ado, enjoy the interview. Hello, everyone. Today I'm talking with Angela Houston and Harold Lockwood about systems thinking to help us move quicker towards the sustainable development goals. So Angela is program officer with the IRC in the Netherlands, centering much of her work around IRC's system change work and is a PhD candidate around monitoring complex systems change. So Harold is the director of UK consulting firm Aqua Consult, a long-time wash expert, and in recent years increasingly focused on systems-based approaches to sector strengthening and change. So as you can tell, I've got the right people to talk to you today about systems change. So welcome, Angela. Thank you very much. And welcome, Harold. Thank you, Andy. Nice to be here. Good. Well, it's good to have you both on. I think first off, let's sort of uh, start with you, Angela. I think perhaps we can get a general overview of what we mean by systems thinking in the WASH context and and why we need it so we're all on the same page. Well, systems thinking is something that could be said as uh, between a philosophy and a science. So it has roots very much and strong theoretical underpinnings um, coming from ecosystem science and looking at ecosystems to learn that, you know, the, the environment is not simply a collection of animals, plants, air, water, but in fact, there's a strong interconnection between these different um, elements in the environment. And so when we look at the wash sector, it's it's just a different way of understanding how um, things like rural water as a service is delivered or how um, issues of sanitation are dealt with. So complexity thinking is really a way of understanding all of the different, what we call actors factors and function that make up the the moving parts uh, in wash service delivery, things such as monitoring, finance, information exchange, um, the different institutions and their way of operating. And so it's really a way to help us understand how we can operationalize the service delivery approach. 
Brilliant. Okay. So can you expand on what you mean by the service delivery approach? Absolutely. So the service delivery approach, I believe um, this language was a, started um, coming into the sector around 10 years ago or so. But it's a way of understanding that, that um, water, for example, is a service that's being delivered. It's not merely an item or an entity, um, a hand pump, for example. But in fact, there's a lot of different uh, moving parts that are a part of that service. So it's not just the presence of water alone, but the quality of that water, which means there's a system in place to assure that quality. It's the hand pump mechanic, which makes sure it keeps moving. And it's also the demand. Does the user want to come and actually use that service? And so it's, it's, a, it's a different way of understanding, um, you know, moving from simply infrastructure alone to, in fact, the delivery of a service um, serving people's needs. Great. Okay. So what, but why has this come about? Why do we need this in the sector? Harold, maybe you can comment on that. Sure. I think um, taking a bit of a step back and taking a longer view on this and, and looking at how the sector has evolved over the years uh, and how different stakeholders, national governments, development partners, uh, the multilaterals and so on have reacted and, and interacted with the sector as it develops in different countries. I think the, the drive for the emergence of systems thinking and systems-based approaches is really a reaction to what we can now see and I think is increasingly recognized as a very messy world. The world isn't linear. It isn't black and white. There's lots of, um, as, as Angela's explained, there's different actors and factors constantly interacting with different dynamics. Um, there's relationships, incentives, informal incentives, but also uh, more formalized ones, and these are kind of the kind of things that you can't easily capture in, in, in a static log frame or a project design or a program design. Uh, and I think a big part of that is around politics and political decision making, which often takes place at the fringes of where most WASH actors actually are, are operating, and certainly goes, I think, a long way beyond the, the remit or the the boundaries of, of the more central technical ministries that we tend to interact with. So I think that's part of the this, this sort of reaction against the business as usual, just saying that we can we can make a simple intervention, uh, invest in infrastructure, train some people, and then the problems are solved. Well, I mean, years and I would say possibly decades have shown us that that, that more linear approach has not really resulted in the sustained impacts that we really want to see, sustained impacts on service delivery, as, as, as we were discussing earlier, but also uh, the longer term benefits in terms of health and so on. Um, so it's really my, my view is it's a, it's a reaction uh, to what hasn't worked and what's been a bit too simplistic, perhaps. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, you know, it's a way to grapple, I guess, with the complex system, which, we, which is the world. But I guess it has this, this has come about by a lot because of sustainability issues as well. Um, but this is this is not is it? I mean, is this a new approach to pro, to wash program, or is it, it because it sounds rather similar to other buzzwords like district wide approaches? Yeah, I think they're they're definitely linked. And again, I think probably in the wash sector we're a little bit behind the curve, which tends to be the case uh, in in a number of different aspects. So. As Angela set out, it's it, this has been around for some time. It's been around outside of of development for some time, and certainly you know outside of the wash sector, let's say. Although you know we have had approaches, tools, uh, whatever you want to call them, like political economy analysis that have been in use for quite some time. Um, and I think there are some 
experiences that have been around for, for you know over a number of years. But it's also important to acknowledge that although we we tend to capture things with terminology and uh, labels, uh, there is, from my experience, working with particularly government um, representatives and officials in, in the South, there is an understanding that they actually operate in a complex system. They may not use the same words, they may not frame it in quite the same way, but the, the people do know that the, the, the world they operate in is messy and is complex. So I think there are some parallels with, with what you mentioned, district-wide approach. Um, but, you know, we've seen complexity theory and systems-based approach being used for quite some time in other sectors. So urban transport, I think um, things like NHS in the UK. So you have something that's analogous to water service delivery. It's health service delivery in this case that has to be delivered at the point of need. Um, in our case, free at the point of delivery. Um, but you, the health service for a long time has been looking at the system behind that point of delivery. So you need the financing, the management, the the, uh, the trained doctors and nurses, the staff and so on. So they, they take more of a, a systems-based uh, approach to it. And there has been this, if you say buzzwords are used, Andy, I think you're, you're quite right. The things like collective impact has gained a lot of traction and certainly uh, profile that comes out of the US domestic sector, particularly around housing and education and so on. And I think it, it does has, has taken more of a look at the relationships around behaviors and not only the factors. So there are examples out there, but um, uh, we're learning, we're coming up, I think, now in the wash sector. Mm. But it's good to borrow from other sectors. Um, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. So if this is to become the new norm and we need to convince people of its efficacy, right? We need to get people to realize the potential this has. So is there any evidence to convince people that they need to use this to adapt and to understand this complex environment that we're working in? Yeah, I think briefly the short answer is not enough, probably in the wash sector in terms of concrete evidence. Um, there are some, there have been some early adopters um, maybe not using the specific terminology, as I said, of, of systems-based approaches. So Triple S Initiative, which was funded by the Gates Foundation, um, particularly worked on this in, in uh, places like Ghana and Uganda. The SWA, the Sanitation Wash for All Collaborative Behaviours that have emerged um, in the last uh, short while do reflect elements of, of systems thinking. And I think those are important when we start to look at the performance and the direction in which sectors are going to be able to grapple with some of those big, wicked problems, if you like, around financing, around monitoring, around accountability that are linked to the SDGs. Perhaps one of the most um, explicit uh, attempts at trying to generate some of this evidence is a relatively new project funded by USAID called the Sustainable Wash Systems uh, Project or Initiative. Uh, I think it's one of the few major initiatives that's trying to learn about systems-based approaches in our sector. So it's about a year in, so you know some early lessons are coming out, um, but it is trying to look at this way of understanding systems and trying to then design interventions that can help strengthen the system, which then in theory leads to better outcomes in terms of wash service delivery but that last step so if you if you strengthen the system ergo it will produce uh, better outcomes in terms of wash services that hasn't yet been tested i don't think at scale and for long enough um 
And one of the spin-offs of this is that, you know, we have to make these lessons or this, this evidence relevant and appropriate for national stakeholders, both at national and local level. So it's, you know, going in and doing extractive research, coming out with this, this sort of data is one thing, but actually, have, you know, the so what, what does it mean for people on the ground? It, I think is a challenge which if we're not careful, we might um, fall into that elephant trap, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And Angela, what, have you got any, um, anything that you can, have come across in doing your PhD of, sort of other evidence, perhaps from other sectors? Well, I do see um, also coming into the WASH sector an increased amount of collaboration between um, academics and those working more on the theoretical end and practitioners. As Harold mentioned, um, something such as the Sustainable WASH Systems um, Learning Initiative brings those pieces together. And so the idea is to say, I mean, there are a lot of tools that exist for dealing with complexity, um, particularly some that have been um, operationalized in health, as we mentioned, um, or even tobacco control or education. Um, But there are also tools such as um, agent-based models and network maps, which attempt to um, sort of model the way that the interactions happen in that system and look at different possible outcomes um, given a current situation. But again, the gap between that and what's useful um, at the local level and on the ground has been um, quite large. But I think we do come to see that people are naturally systems thinkers. And so sitting down with a group of stakeholders and asking each one of them about their incentives and their motives and the challenges that they face, you can come together even on a, on a piece of flip chart paper to you know, draw out something that looks like a map of the way that this systems work. It's, it's a set of cause and effect relationships. Um, and it's not always easy to see how one change such as you know, availability of, of spare parts for repair is going to affect the challenge that faces the end user who is looking purely at availability of, of water, for example. But I do think that bringing together some of these theoretical elements and breaking them down into tools that can be used to facilitate dialogue and engage different stakeholders to, to take a different look at um, what they experience every day has been uh, quite useful. And I also would say that... Um, Coming into the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, we see that the stakes are quite high. Talking about uh, universal access to services and safely managed services at that, um, in areas which are struggling to have even 50% coverage, we see that no one actor um, can do this alone. And so there's also, I think, um, an an openness right now um, in the sector Um, particularly at national level as well, to think about different ways of collaborating and the interactions between, you know, different projects and um, activities going on to see how could we really um, change the system to look like something that can deliver universal services. Right, but we all know that NGOs and other implementers are not uh, known for their collaboration. Um, I think that is a challenge to get people to work together. And obviously the incentives are not there as well. Um, Have you got any ideas about how we can address this and about getting people working together um, in these complex systems? Yeah, I would agree. And you've hit on one of my pet peeves or pet topics, uh, Andy, around NGOs. And we know from historically there's a kind of persistent and pernicious challenge of NGOs doing parallel things, not only with themselves, but with governments in many cases around uh, uh, monitoring, around uh, planning and so on. 
And so there is a danger, I think, that, that this will just be repeated in, in, uh, in taking the systems-based approach, which it shouldn't, of course, because the underlying principle is that you work together. But as you mentioned, NGOs work under an awful lot of external pressure. They have incentives. They have um, pressure to deliver certain targets. They have branding and profile issues and their need for fundraising, which are very, very powerful. You know, a lot of these NGOs really survive on being able to showcase what they have done, they, them specifically. So to sort of give up your identity and to um, work in a, in a common sort of framework and cause is count goes runs counter to a lot of things that um, make uh, NGOs uh, keep going. Um, I would also say there's a bit of a danger that NGOs don't realize that they're part of the system itself. Simply by being present, by doing what they're doing, they are affecting that system. And so sometimes there's that lack of objectivity, if you like. Having said that, and I think you know, there are some positive examples. We mentioned um, the SWAR collaborative behaviours, not NGOs as such, but th that's a, a good framework which starts to raise these issues. The Agenda for Change, which is a <clears throat> collaboration between a number of NGOs trying to work together to strengthen sector systems and, and collaborating uh, sometimes on a on a well, in a nationally according to the specific environment, but also globally. So there's a, that's a good example. Um, there are also efforts of NGOs nationally uh, in different countries. So Watershed in Cambodia, which is part of this bigger USAID initiative that we talked about, works or works to strengthen systems, uh, particularly around sanitation. WaterAid, um, we know, does quite a lot of work in in sector strengthening programs, places like Timor-Leste and so on, they've made quite good progress. And IRC itself, I mean, we shouldn't really advertise IRC, as Angela is, is here from them, but um, uh, they've done a lot of work in this area, particularly in places like Ghana, I know of, they've been quite effective in trying to take that broader approach, uh, systems type approach, and, and, and trying to nudge it. Um, so yes, there are some, some examples out there. Brilliant. And um, Angela, you were going to say something? Sure. I mean, I think the um, systems approach is about really being comfortable with that complexity and recognizing that certainly an NGO is a stakeholder and an actor in that system. And so understanding the internal dynamics of different organizations, the financing mechanisms that they're faced with, and the requirements they have to be accountable to donors is actually helpful for us to address some of those root issues. To say that perhaps uh, a challenge faced um, with lack of um, sustainability or lack of functionality, let me say, of a hand pump might be related to the financing mechanisms of NGOs actually opens up uh, a whole window of different ways of um, understanding the way that we work as organizations and how we can improve our own um, behavior as actors in that system. But it's absolutely true that there is a challenge um, with uh, understanding a complex system and noting that there can be a big gap between an intervention or an activity and the lagging um, change that we see, as Harold mentioned, um, strengthening the system. How long does it take um, from an interaction about monitoring or improved governance or um, until we really see a change in, in service levels, which is what we're looking for, or an improvement in health. Um, but I, I would say that with an increased amount of dialogue about the challenges facing the sector, there is a new openness um, in some funders and organizations and 
things like um, the SWAT collaborative behaviors to use um, more qualitative ways and more creative and different ways of looking at the work that we do to move beyond simply a two-year program or project with um, immediate deliverables and not looking at sustainability of, of what really happens as a result of that intervention in the long term. And so complexity thinking is simply a, a useful tool to help us um, reframe the challenges that we're looking at so that it might be possible to move away from the status quo and the challenges which have um, stagnated in the sector. Brilliant. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you both, Harold and Angela, for giving us a masterclass on systems approach and systems thinking. I'm sure the listeners who have, uh, have learned a thing or two, and I'm excited to see this, really get the exposure it needs and get more widely adopted. So thank you both. Thank you, Angela. Thank you very much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, Harold. Thanks, Andy. Good to talk. That was Angela Houston of IRC and Harold Lockwood of Aquaconsult. Thank you to Angela and Harold for speaking to us on the Wash Talk podcast from IRC. If you liked it, make sure you share it. The web address is ircwash.org forward slash washtalk. And make sure you add to the discussion by using hashtag washtalk on Twitter or in the comments on Facebook. Let's have a conversation. Don't miss the next episode in a couple of weeks. But until then, thank you for listening. Have a great few weeks.